Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. What a time of the year it is. State football championships are here. Seven state title games to be contested this week at Camp Randall Stadium. And followed by that, winter sports. Underway already. Girls basketball began games this week. Boys basketball uh, practices underway. Games start next week. Got deer hunting this weekend for those that uh, that partake in that state holiday. And of course, the other winter sports getting underway as well. Today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take a look at uh, some things to expect out of the state football championships. Just kind of go through uh, essentially our FAQ article that we put out every year that I will get asked about numerous times, even though it's published and, t- and tagged and uh, pinned in all of our social media. Um, to, to let people know that maybe don't come to Madison very often or aren't familiar with the process or, or what it's like, what they can expect for, you know, how parking will work, how tickets will work, how the carry-in policy works, also where the games will be broadcast because that's new this year. So we'll talk about that. We'll also uh, spend a brief amount of time just kind of giving my predictions. You can find those on our our, uh, website. I published a free article this week with my predictions, but I'll just kind of run through them quickly. We'll also uh, make sure, want to remind everybody to check out our WSN Senior Football Award winners at wisports.net that are announced this week. And, uh, and, you know, check out the the, the winners and the write-ups, and you can see some of the past winners as well. Uh, But the bulk of what we're going to talk about today or spend time on today is previewing the state championship games. And to do that, we will have five separate interviews with coaches that have played not just one team at state, but multiple teams that are participating in the state championship game, including a couple in division one and two, where they played both of the teams playing at state. So going to get some great perspective from coaches there. Uh, in just a minute, when we get to those, we're going to fire them off, uh, one after the other. We got five interviews that we did roughly around 10 minutes each and, uh, get some great perspective from those coaches along the way. Before we do that though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Once again, a big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for not only sponsoring our WSN podcast throughout the year, but also sponsoring our football playoff coverage on wisports.net. Also, a thank you to our friends at B3 Sciences. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get a deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day, no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting Team, Kansas City Chiefs, and more. All right, let's get into uh, to chatting a little bit about the state championships and what you can do and where you can go and how you can watch and all the good stuff that comes with a trip to state, either as a general fan or if your favorite team is making it to Camp Randall. You can find the schedule if, if you uh, are going. I, I imagine that you know the schedule. 
but you can find the schedule at wisports.net. We've got it up there. We've got it in our FAQ article. Uh, it goes D765 and then 4 on Thursday. D3 opens things on Friday at 10 a.m., followed by D2 in Division One, Marquette versus Franklin at 4 p.m., the last high school football game for, what, nine months, eight months, whatever it is. Um, and it will be uh, a long offseason for a lot of teams, a lot of players, but hopefully it's a good productive uh, productive offseason for teams and underclass players. Of course, all the games are at the uh, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison. In our FAQ article, we've got a map of the surrounding area. We've got a seating chart, a stadium diagram. Um, parking can be difficult around the stadium. There are parking ramps around the stadium, but they often sell out very quickly. Also, uh, UW-Madison is in school and in session, so it can be hard to find uh, spots in the ramps. They have parking. There is parking on the street around the stadium. There's also um, various businesses, various uh, individuals that will have parking available that they will sell. Uh, it does vary by price. Uh, if you can find street parking, I think it's metered. I don't know what the rate is, uh, but if you want to park closer, you know you can you can find a, a lot selling parking for twenty dollars sometimes, or maybe a little more if they're really close. You can go farther away. It's a little bit cheaper, but ultimately, um, you know, expect that you're going to pay for parking. So you want to have some, uh, some available for that. If you're looking for tickets, it is all digital cashless ticketing for the state championships. GoFan is the official ticket partner for the WIAA. Admission is $11 for a single game plus fees. Uh, that is for all students and adults. Children two years and younger do not require a ticket. Uh, they do not clear the stands between games. So you can buy a single game ticket and it's $11. You can buy an all day pass Thursday. That is $30 plus online fees and Friday. It's $25 plus online fees. But again, they do not clear the stadium between games. It's different than for instance, the state championship or the state tournament for basketball, where they clear the stands between sessions, uh, all Tickets must be redeemed on a mobile device. Again, it's all digital. It's all cashless. So make sure you're ready for that. The concessions, by the way, are also also cashless at Camp Randall. So make sure you're you're ready and aware. We do have the link in our FAQ article to purchase tickets. Again, uh, all tickets, by the way, are also general admission. Uh, so you can sit anywhere you would like. They do have certain areas roped off. Um, the first school alphabetically will be assigned to the bench on the west sideline, which is the press box side. So if you want to sit with the rest of your fans, uh, just know that um, you'll want to find the correct side of the stadium. What can you take into the game? That's always a big question. People, I mean, even at Badger games, people get thrown by this sometimes. Um, you cannot take food or beverages, obviously. Strollers, umbrellas, laptops, video recorders, weapons, of course, no body paint, no face paint, no noisemakers. Bags must be smaller than eight and a half by 11. Any larger bags are not allowed. No inflatables. Uh, items that you can take in. If you have a child, you can take a diaper bag. You can take blankets and jackets, any medical items. You can take seat cushions up to 16 inches wide, binoculars. You can do a camera without a bag. Uh, I believe they do have limits on the size of lenses 
that you can take in. You can take in a small bag. Um, just know that uh, it is likely that event staff will check bags and may uh, ask for a visual inspection for you to unzip your coat, possibly. So uh, plan accordingly to uh, make sure that you get in and arrive on time. Games on TV is new this year. The state football championships will be on the WIAA state, ter uh, state television network of stations. That is the state television network that has uh, previously aired uh, state basketball and state uh, hockey. And this year is expanded uh, and aired the uh, many of the other state championships. Previously, for many years, the state football was on either FS Wisconsin, Fox Sports Wisconsin, or Valley Sports Wisconsin. But with that channel uh, essentially in, uh, in flux and uncertain, they are uh, moved off of that and onto the state television network. You will want to check your local listings. They are on some of the uh, listings. Some of the, the broadcasts are on the alternate channel. For instance, in Madison, it is on WKOW 27.2, uh, which is the alternate channel. Uh, if you have TDS, Spectrum, Mediacom, uh, you'll want to make sure that you find the appropriate channels for those. Same for Wausau, La Crosse, uh, Eau Claire. Make sure that you find the appropriate channels. In Milwaukee, they're on My24. And in the Green Bay and, and Fox Valley area, they're on WLUK. If you have a streaming service, you will want to double check if you can receive that alternate channel. Um, if you have DirecTV, you'll want to double check if you can receive any of those alternate channels. Uh, if you cannot, for the first time ever, the state football championships will be available free for everyone to be streamed online. On the uh, station websites, you can find the, um, the, the broadcast for free, I believe like they did for some of the other state championships, uh, fall state championships had already been contested. They'll have a big banner, a big uh, thing right on their front page directing people to view that information. Again, no cost, for free, for everyone. The first time that has been the case that you could watch live anywhere and everywhere. Some of those stations also have apps that you can watch and stream through. Uh, I know that people are going to be annoyed that they have to go to an alternate channel or maybe they're on a streaming service with DirecTV that might not carry it and they might have to stream it you know, on their phone or on their computer. Uh, which you can, you know, potentially, depending on your level of technical ability uh, and, and comfort with technology, you can uh, airdrop or cast that to your uh, television as well. So I know people are going to be a little annoyed about that and there'll probably be complaints and, and that's fine. But again, this is the very first time that all of the state football championship games can be viewed for free anywhere on live uh, TV or live stream. So that is a big step forward. There are games that will be uh, broadcast on the radio. You can check your local listings if your local radio station will be uh, uh, broadcasting the games. Uh, again, concessions are available at the stadium. Just a reminder that it's cashless. They do, uh, at, at least as of last, uh, last time I was there, they do take Apple Pay and Google Pay. There are so many restaurants, of course, around the stadium around Camp Randall that you can check out, uh, whether you're looking for fast food or if you want to sit down somewhere, if you want to make your way down to State Street, whatever it might be, uh, Regent Street, wherever. 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities to get out and, and find somewhere to eat uh, there. Uh, let's see what else. If you're looking for coverage, obviously Wisports.net is your best resource for information on all of the teams. You can find full box scores and history and schedules and results, all that good stuff on all of the participating teams. You can find uh, the the state tournament brackets. You can find our previews and predictions. You can find that FAQ article that will have all this information in there for you. And of course, you're going to want to follow along on social media as well. Guessing you already do, but if not, make sure you follow me at TravisWSN on Twitter. Uh, I'll be giving some updates throughout the weekend. I'm not going to do play-by-play uh, updates from uh, from there. I mean, if, again, if you want to watch the games, there's there's tons of places you can do it. If you want to listen to them, you can do it. If you want to follow the stats, they'll have live box scores that will uh, post as well. But if you're looking for you know some some reaction to it, if you're looking for the sights and sounds, the environment. Throughout the week, we've got you covered. And of course, the famous uh, press box food reviews as well on social media. So I can't stress enough. It's pinned at the top of our Facebook page. It's pinned at the top of my Twitter profile. That state t- football FAQ article will be important if you're attending, if you're wanting to attend, if you are wanting to watch, make sure you have that uh, bookmarked on your phone so that you can find that information and and uh, uh, not have to ask me fifty times. I, I asked the over. I asked what the over under would be on times that people will ask me for information that's already been posted in that FAQ. I think I'm up to three already, and it's only Wednesday morning. So uh, we'll see how how that goes. Um, I, I I would be remiss if I did not also mention and highlight the great eight-player state championship game that was held last weekend at Wisconsin Rapids as Florence tangled with Thorpe. Uh, came right down to the end. Florence scored a 32-30 victory for their first ever eight-player state championship. Really was an outstanding game. Really was uh, you know a much more competitive game than we've seen the last few years in eight-player football. Um, excellent performance by Florence to uh to win that one so uh big ups to the bobcats let's take a look at these games coming up this week though and we'll start with the first game always division 7 10 a.m on thursday edgar and blackhawk warren interesting to note that this is a, a game that we've seen before these two met up in the 2018 and 2019 division 7 state title games they were close they were competitive but blackhawk warren scored victories in both of them one score contest very competitive blackhawk warren lost three 1000 yard rushers off last year's squad we didn't even have them in the top 15 in our preseason rankings but they have uh, managed to to get things uh put together they avenged their only loss earlier this year to potosi cassville in level three and uh they are back at state taking on an edgar team that is uh, is right up there with some of the better Edgar teams that we've seen. Um, only loss was a close one to Ellsworth to open the season. They had nine straight shutouts at one point. They gave up some points to Boyceville a few weeks ago in the passing game. That seems to be you know a little bit of the Achilles heel for them, but it will not be likely a passing affair between Edgar and Blackhawk Warren. Both teams like to run the football. Both teams are going to run the football. And as we'll talk about with Mark Siegert, the head coach from Potosi-Cassville, in just a little bit on our WSN podcast, 
uh, Blackhawk Warren can do it as well as anybody. I picked Edgar in this one. I picked Edgar before the state tournament started. Uh, I like Edgar in a low-scoring, close, competitive game. Division six, it's defending champion Stratford taking on Darlington. Darlington getting back to state once again. We've seen them at state a number of times over the last, what, 10, 12 years, um, but they have not been able to get over the hump. In fact, they had a run of four straight runner-up finishes back in the, uh, what was it, mid-2000s, uh, excuse me, 2010, somewhere in there. Um, but again, like the uh, Edgar Blackhawk game, I mean, this is one that I, I, I expect to be run heavy. I don't expect a lot of throwing the football. I uh, do expect uh, a close competitive game, but I did pick Stratford to come out on top in that one. D5, we've got Aquinas going for a third straight state championship. That game is four o'clock on Thursday, Aquinas versus Wrightstown. Aquinas doing it differently this year. Uh, they had run a spread attack. Jackson Flotmeyer was an outstanding quarterback for them the last couple of years. They started out doing some of that this season and then transitioned to a little bit more of a run-heavy offense, and it really has paid dividends for the Blue Golds. They would take on an, a Wrightstown team that uh, finished second in the Northeastern Conference behind Luxembourg-Casco, who qualified for state in D4. And Wrightstown is uh, the, the Wrightstown that we've seen a number of times over the years. They're, they're familiar with Camp Randall, running the football, doing it physically. Uh, again, I think one that we could see low scoring and competitive, but I do like Aquinas to win a third straight title in D5. Capping things off on Thursday, we have the D4 state title game between Lodi and Luxembourg-Casco. What a run it's been for Luxembourg-Casco. A couple weeks ago, they handed Two Rivers their first loss of the season. And then last week, what a, a comeback, what a rally in the final minute as they drove down the field, kicked a game-winning field goal uh, with just a few seconds remaining to beat Catholic Memorial 23-21. Lodi has kind of run through people this year. They uh, are back at state for the first time since winning it all in 2017. Uh, I do uh, I do like Lodi in this one. They were my pick uh, to get to state on that side of the bracket. Um, Senior-dominated team, but I think it could be and should be a very good game between Lodi and Luxembourg-Casco. Friday's action begins at 10 a.m. with the Division Three state title game, Rice Lake against Grafton. Grafton would be, I guess, the Cinderella of the state finals. They're the highest-seeded team remaining, uh, the fourth-seeded Grafton Blackhawks, making it to state for the first time since the early or mid-1980s. Rice Lake, we've seen them at state a number of times, and they are... Uh, looking very good again this year. Uh, the Warriors have Warriors have rolled through um, and looked very good. And, and I like Rice Lake in this one, uh, maybe, potentially, by a couple of scores. Division 2. This is the one, I, I've said it in a, a couple times this week in some interviews that I've done. Uh, I think the, uh, the Division 2 game to me, if I had to pick one game to watch, this would be it. It's the only matchup between undefeated teams, Wanakee and Badger. Very different styles. Um, just a lot of, of uh, interest in interesting parts of this game. Wanakee's undefeated. They rolled people this year. Last week against Kaukauna was the closest game they had. It was 24-14. to 
It's the only game they had decided by fewer than 23 points all year. And uh, Badger comes in, uh, taking down Kettle Moraine a couple weeks ago. They took down Sun Prairie East last week. That option-heavy flex bone attack under head coach Matt Hensler has propelled Badger to the state championship game. Uh, this is the this was the fourth time they had been to the state semifinals under Coach Hensler. The first time they break through to a state championship. Uh, just a, again, a lot of interest and intrigue in this one. Wanakee is going to try to speed things up. Badger is going to try to slow things down. I went with Wanakee in a close one, um, but but we'll see. Again, I th I think potential to be the best game of the weekend. Capping things off on Friday at 4 o'clock will be Marquette and Franklin. Franklin comes in undefeated, certainly the favorite. Uh, Marquette's got a couple losses this season. Uh, they have a number of common opponents to these two teams, and comparative scores and common opponents can be uh, very difficult, but um, ultimately, you know, sometimes you can take things out of it. I do like Franklin in this one. I, I think Marquette's offense, um, you know, they, they haven't put up huge numbers offensively, uh, but Tommy Novotny's really emerged for them. He's a sophomore running back. Uh, Franklin's, both both defenses in this one are very, very good. But I think Franklin's offense is just a little bit better, and I think that's going to be the difference as I picked Franklin to win that one. Before we move on to the coach interviews, let's uh, remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, it is time for us to, to get to our guests. We're going to run through all five of these coaches uh, to, to break down a couple of the teams that they faced this year in, uh, in matchups and, and get some great perspective, um, and it's going to be good stuff. So let's get, uh, let's get at it. Again, five coaches coming up, five interviews, uh, so stay tuned. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss some of the matchups today on the WSN podcast, including perspective from coaches that have played these teams, not only maybe one team on their schedule this year, but a couple of the teams that have qualified for the state championships. First up today, Columbus head coach Andrew Selgrad, whose team went 12-2, uh, and two, I believe it was, or 11-2 and two this year. Uh, and unfortunately, both losses came against teams that have qualified for the state championship game. Uh, Columbus, uh, fell to Lodi earlier in the year. Lodi is in the division four state championship game. And then in an outstanding level three matchup pitting, defending state champions, the Cardinals went out to Aquinas 30, excuse me, 20 to 13. And Aquinas is going for three straight championships in division five. Coach Selgrad, appreciate you joining us and, and taking a few minutes here for the WSN podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, let's uh, get into to breaking down these matchups. And again, as as mentioned, unfortunately, the only two losses that you that you had this year. And let's start with that Lodi game back in late September. Lodi shut out Columbus twenty eight to nothing in that one. What was uh, Lodi able to do in that one that uh, contained you guys? And that maybe Aquinas, as they look back at some of that film, possibly uh, could could leverage and uh, and and utilize as they prepare. Uh, for the Division Four championship, or excuse me, Aquinas uh, prepares for the Division Five championship, rather. Well, when we played Lodi, um, 
we were a little banged up, first of all, so we weren't fully loaded. Um, basically, they just out-physicaled us. Uh, they, they had an excellent game plan. They knew exactly what they needed to do. And... Uh, very fast physical football team. And there's a lot of parallels between them and Aquinas as well. You know, very similar styles of offense. They want to pound it on the, on the, on the ground with you and they have the ability to throw when they need to. And so when you play a team like that or both teams like that, you know, you got to match their intensity and their physicality. And, and, you know, for us going into Aquinas, we felt very prepared just by playing a team like Lodi, uh, who's who's an excellent football team every year. So uh, my hat's off to both teams. What were some things that Lodi caused you problems with that Aquinas, as they look at that tape, might be able to, uh, to capitalize on or uh, do some similar things? Well, you know, with Lodi, they were, especially defensively, they were very physical. They, they came downhill with their linebackers, uh, something that we hadn't really seen up to that point in the season. And so it, they knew exactly what they needed to do to stop our, our run game, which is obviously our bread and butter. Um, and they have excellent skill position as well. You know, their, their defensive backs are, are very fast. They're able to cover our guys pretty well. Um, and they just, they just executed, they out executed us and, you know, for Aquinas, they're going to have to be, um, they're going to have to execute just as much as, as Lodi will in the state game. So, you know, the, the, the crazy part here is they're both playing teams from the same conference as well. Um, in that Northeastern conference with Luxembourg, Casco and Wrightstown coming up here in these state championships game. And we had to get through that conference as well to get to state last year. So a lot of parallels between this year and last year and, and with the teams that are facing both excellent uh, conferences. All right, let's take a little closer look at Aquinas. And again, uh, you fell to them in level three, an outstanding game. Um, certainly one that, that we had talked about. And I think many had talked about as the, the, the best region, the best group in the state. And unfortunately, uh, a, a little earlier matchup than, than maybe people would have liked, but again, a 20 to 13 defeat against Aquinas, what were some of the things that they did to uh, to cause some problems in that one for you? You know, the, the thing about Aquinas is they're very disciplined. And this is what I was really impressed with is that they just never flinched. Uh, they didn't make any mistakes and they just methodically drove the ball down the field. They were happy with getting three, four yards of carry and they just kept coming at you. And it's a really impressive thing. And defensively, you know, they just flew to the ball. And when you have a young offensive lineman line like we had, and then we had our starting left tackle go out after the first series with an injury and he couldn't come back, uh, we were scrambling. And so when you've got a physical football team that you're going against, like Aquinas, you've got to have everything going in your direction. And it just didn't happen for us that night. And even still at the end of the game, we had our chances you know, Aquinas just, they don't make mistakes and they're a tested football team and they've got some big kids. I mean, they're physical and, you know, outside of Lodi, we hadn't seen a team like that all season. So uh, they're very excellent at what they do. They know exactly where to be. Uh, very, very well coached. They got a lot of, a lot of respect for coach Lee um, and same for coach Paul's, you know, same thing, very well coached football team, very physical football team, very fast team. And that's, that's what wins you games. We're talking with Andrew Selgrad, the head coach at Columbus, as his team faced both 
uh, Division Four state finalist Lodi and Division Five state finalist Aquinas. Uh, Coach, I, I don't know in either last year or or leading up to the game this year uh, how much you had a chance to to check out some film of Aquinas's team last year or even the last couple of years. But one of the things that really struck me is how they had really changed up their offense a good amount after relying on the pass pretty heavily the last couple of years. Jackson Flotmeyer was an all-state quarterback. And then this year yeah. really transitioned to a pretty strong rushing attack, did not throw the ball uh, very much, especially later on in the in the playoffs and in the season. Um, you know, just how they had kind of uh, adjusted what they did to fit that personnel that they had, I, I thought was really impressive. And one of the big reasons that they're in a third straight state championship game. And that just speaks to how well coached they are. You know, Coach Lee does a fantastic job with his kids. He knows how to put them in a position to be successful. And that's what you got to do. And that's how you have that model of consistency that they are. You know, at the beginning of the year when they played Prairie Duchesne, uh, they were more of their offensive style like last year, a little bit more spread, five wide, four wide, and all that. And uh, I think they had to do some self-evaluation after that because as the season went on, they gradually gravitated towards that power football that they run. And it's an offense you don't typically see anymore. So that's what makes it challenging to go against a team like that because they do some things that you don't typically see. And it's really hard to replicate in practice and get your scout team to do. You can never really fully do it and understand not just what they're doing, but the ferocity that they're attacking you with. And that's what's really impressive with them. And it's not going to be the same Aquinas of last year. And, and it's going to be a fun football game for sure because they're, they're a fun team to watch. They're physical, and they do, they do it the right way. As you mentioned, uh, last year you, you ended up playing Freedom from the Northeastern Conference. And uh, I can't remember if you had played any Northeastern teams from a couple of years ago. Uh, even though you haven't played Wrightstown and haven't played Luxembourg-Casco, as you said, there is some some parallels between these two matchups. Any thoughts on just, you know, kind of the the uh, the uniqueness or or what the Northeastern Conference challenges might be for both of these teams, Lodi and Aquinas? Well, I think they're both going to see, uh, I mean, first of all, let's, the Northeastern Conference is an excellent conference. Um, if you want to see um, some some uh, parallels with the teams, you know, they're also physical football teams up there. You know, it, the football up there is no joke. And they're, it, when we played Freedom last year, uh, they're ready to hit us in the mouth. And it was a tough level four game for us uh, just because of their intensity and the way they play the game. So it's interesting as the season goes on and you see who makes it out of their, their, their regions and their brackets. Uh, ultimately, teams that can run the football and play good defense end up making a state. And you can see that for both of these games, the teams that can control the ball on the ground that play physical defense are the ones that make it to this level. And, you know, that's, that's where success happens. You know, they always say defense wins championships while also running the football does too. Certainly this time of the year, more and more important to run the football. Uh, another interesting parallel, obviously, you guys knocked off Catholic Memorial in that cha state championship game last year. Luxembourg Casco uh, knocks off Catholic Memorial this year. That's the team that Lodi will face. So just a lot of kind of intertwining of uh, storylines in Division Four and Division Five. Coach, I'd be remiss if uh, before we let you go, we didn't uh, talk a little bit about your outstanding senior, Colton Brunel, who was announced today as a two-way All-State player and the small school offensive player of the year. 
Of course, he broke the state all-time rushing record earlier this year, ending his career with more than 7,400 yards in three varsity seasons. As you kind of look back over his career, what he did uh, helping the team to a state title last year, state record, player of the year this year, you know, what, what do you kind of encapsulate what he was able to do for the Columbus program? That's a hard to put into words. Uh, he's a special football player. There, there's not many players that play the game like he does. The growth that he's shown since the sophomore through senior year uh, is unbelievable. And to maintain that level of success that he's had uh, is just a credit to his work ethic, uh, his mentality of team first. Uh, the fact that he's a two-way player, it, it also speaks to his toughness. Uh, he, he's just He's a special player. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. You know, it's been a blessing to be able to coach him uh, in my time here at Columbus. And it's just, it's also a credit to our program as well. You know, we've had some good offensive lines in front of them that have helped make those blocks, wide receivers, fullbacks. Everybody's had a part in this, uh, in his success. But, you know, Colton is one of the most humble kids I've ever met as well. You know, he'll always defer to the team before he talks about himself. So that just shows what kind of a kid he is, what kind of a player he is, and, and how special he is. Uh, to Columbus. All right, Coach Selgrad, we appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. A great run that you guys have been on the last few years, and we're looking forward to uh, to seeing what you can do next year with some talented players coming back. Uh, Peyton Powers at quarterback and uh, uh, Roche in the in the backfield. Uh, you know, potentially getting some more carries with Colton gone. So, uh, I'm guessing we'll be chatting with you deep into the playoffs down the road. But thanks for joining us today on the WSN podcast. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate it. All right. As we continue our conversation, previewing the WIAA state football championships, uh, talking to some coaches that have played not just one, but a couple of the teams still going in the state finals. We'll move on to our next guest, Sussex Hamilton head coach, Justin Gum, whose team made it to the division one state semifinals, went out to Franklin last week and also had played uh, the other Division One finalist, Marquette, earlier in the year. Uh, Coach, appreciate you joining us and, and taking a couple minutes for the WSN podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, let's uh, let's dive into it. You played Marquette back in September, scored a fifty to twenty-one win over the Hilltoppers at that time. Uh, pulled away, I think it was thirty-four straight points between the second and third quarters to to kind of break open what had been a, a pretty tight game. Um, you know, as you look at Marquette, uh, what are some of the things that they uh, do well and, and that maybe caused you some problems in that game? You know, <clears throat> obviously they're extremely good on defense. Um, I don't know what they have now, seven or eight shutouts, but, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're front seven. Um, you know, they can, they can keep five in the box uh, and, and, and defend the run, you know, because their, their interior guys are so good up front. Uh, and then their secondary, you know, extremely athletic, uh, and they can basically man guys up on the edge and, uh, their safeties are very aggressive, um, with their plus, you know, plus one, plus two in the run fit when they play their quarters coverage. And so, um, they present a lot of, a lot of issues because of their versatility and, and, um, just the personnel that they have more than anything. If Franklin is watching that tape from uh, your game against Marquette, what are some things that 
that Franklin will look at that you guys did well that they might be able to borrow or attack uh, this Friday in that Division One championship game? Well, I, I think more than anything, what we tried to do, you know, was was try to get those those corners on an island, um, you know, getting kind of some heavier personnel stuff and and uh, tie their essentially their nine guys at the box, you know, and and leave the corners one on one with what we felt pretty good receivers um, and took chances against, you know, some really good defensive backs. And to be honest, you know, we just happen to make a lot of those plays, you know, a lot of games you you call those 50-50 balls and you make a couple of them. And that game, we just have to make a lot of them, you know, and that was kind of the difference in the game. And then as we, <clears throat> you know, I thought we played really well on defense too. And, um, you know, they're very explosive. They can run the ball uh, with a very good offensive line, a good running back, and then, you know, receivers that can really stretch the field vertically. And we thought that if we could just kind of keep that everything underneath um, and kind of bracket some guys here and there, we thought we'd have a good chance. And, I think as the score was close, if they could have continuously ran the ball on us, I think it's a really, really close ball game. But we made some uh, plays on special teams and on defense um, that kind of put us in an advantageous situation that kind of started to open things up that they kind of had to throw the ball. And then when they got one-dimensional, obviously, that was a huge help for us. We're talking with Justin uh, Justin Gum, the head coach at Sussex Hamilton. Your senior All-State quarterback, Tyler Hatcher, had a huge game in that one, 430 yards of offense accounted for seven touchdowns. Unfortunately, he was banged up uh, into the playoffs and and not able to uh, do the same kind of things that he had done early in the year. Last week against Franklin, he kind of struggled through five interceptions. Franklin scored a 35 to nothing victory in that one. What were some of the things that Franklin was doing that was causing problems for you guys last week? I mean, they're very good. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of talent. We, we thought best linebacking core that we'd saw all year, top to bottom, I mean, extremely fast, very multiple on defense. You know, they do a good job stemming and, and moving around. And, um, you know, probably the biggest, most frustrating thing was just obviously the turnovers were frustrating, but some of the penalties we had on early downs, we felt like we could have ran the ball. Um, but then when you get in first and 15, second and, you know, 20, um, your, your playbook gets limited. And had we stayed ahead of the chains, I think, you know, we don't put Tyler in those situations and, uh, you know, kind of force ourselves, force our hand and, and, and become one dimensional because of some of that stuff. And, you know, obviously with him being limited uh, with, with some of his mobility, uh, then it really handicaps you, you know. And so they were able to kind of tee off, tee off on us and drop eight at times and do some different things. And like I said, no credit goes against them because they, they have a phenomenal defense and a phenomenal job um, that they did game playing for us. Um, but we shot ourselves in the foot, you know, so many times. So just a completely different game. It was really 180 if you look at those two games where we played about as good as we could have played against Marquette and played about as poorly as we could have played against Franklin. So, um, you know, it's hard to compare those two from our perspective. If Marquette is watching that tape, and obviously they are watching that tape last week, what are some things that they might be able to borrow or some things that they do well uh, that Franklin did as well that they can capitalize on? Yeah, I think kind of what, what I just talked about, I think, you know, be good on first down and put yourself in advantageous situations. And I think they're good enough up front with some of their duo stuff that they do that they can move some people and um, and then take your shots when you can. You know, they play a little bit more unique coverage than we've seen. I mean, it's still 
you know, cover four, but it's really kind of an umbrella coverage where they really play over the top of everything and, and force you to take stuff underneath. And so I think Marquette's thing is, you know, don't get greedy. You know, I know they're they kind of a vertical passing game too, but but take the underneath stuff and, and be okay with it and be okay with moving the football that way. Uh, and then, I th- again, I think their defense is extremely, extremely good. And um, I expect kind of a low-scoring game, to be honest. I think it, it's a battle of two really good defenses and uh, just to kind of see what happens there. Coach Gum, uh, again, we appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. Back-to-back state semifinal appearances for your Chargers. I'm sure we'll see you back making a nice run next year. Again, thanks for taking some time to preview uh, the Division One matchup in the uh, state finals set for Friday at 4 o'clock. Uh, again, Coach, thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it. Should be a fun one. All right, let's continue our look at the upcoming state football championships at Camp Randall Stadium on Madison with a coach that has, like the other coaches we've talked to, played a couple of the teams that are participating in the state tournament. Obviously, the Northeastern Conference well represented in the state finals with Luxembourg Casco making it in Division Four and in Division Five, Wrightstown qualifying for the state tournament. Uh, a team that played in the Division Three playoffs this year was Fox Valley Lutheran, and their head coach Seth uh, Jaeger joins us to chat about the the, the two Northeastern Conference schools. Coach, uh, first of all, appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, you had the the joy. Let's let's say of playing these two teams in back to back weeks late in mm-hmm. the season. Very close, competitive games. Uh, let's start with the first one against Wrightstown. You lost a 20 to 13 game against Wrightstown. What makes Wrightstown so tough? What has allowed them to get to the state tournament in Division Five this year? They're uh, they're really a machine. Uh, they do what they do really well. Um, it's not a very complicated offense, but they always every year develop the players to run what they do. And uh, you have to have the size, you have to have the speed, you have to have the players to match up with the, what they have every single year. And uh, like I said, they do what they do really well. In that game, again, a, a 20 to 13 decision uh, uh, back in, what was it, late uh, late September. Uh, mm-hmm. They rolled up 293 yards rushing. Um, you know, a couple different guys uh, carry the ball or a few different guys carry the ball for them. Um, Let's let's start with Aiden Humphreys, who was their leading rusher this year. You know, how do they use him? What uh, what are we going to see at Camp Randall uh, with Aiden Humphreys? Uh, he's a he's a, a very balanced player. Uh, again, just his his size, his strength. Um, he's efficient with what he does. He's got a great blocking line up in front of him too. Uh, great blocking backs too. But he he does has a great uh, job of making people miss. Um, He's always going to get that pile moving forward, uh, get that extra half yard to yard on every carry. Again, they, they just have to get the amount of yards they do. And, man, it's 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 impressive when he gets rolling. And, of course, Wrightstown will play Aquinas in the Division Five state championship game as Aquinas goes for three straight uh, state championships in D5. Wrightstown is a team that uh, at least the last uh, decade or so had been in Division Four, but drops town down to D5 this year. Uh, as Aquinas gets ready for Wrightstown, is there is there one thing that that they have to contain, control one player, maybe that they have to account for to uh, to have success? I think it's uh, yeah, you have to pick your poison. Um, they're obviously their run game, their their ground attack, 
uh, but they do it in different ways. And the misdirections that they do, again, you just you have to hold your point of attack on on the defensive line um, because you're not sure which way the ball is going to come uh, with all their misdirections. Uh, but it really is a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles and making the individual plays at the point of attack. Linebackers getting downhill, filling uh, holes, uh, taking on those lead black backs, not giving those extra yards. Um, again, that's it's again to match up with their line is is quite a challenge for for any team, um, really. All right, let's move on and uh, take a look at the Division Four finalist, Luxembourg Casco. We're talking with Seth Yeager, the head coach at Fox Valley Lutheran, who played both Luxembourg Casco and Wrightstown in conference play. Should add, also played state semifinalist Notre Dame, as well as a very good Xavier team this year that advanced to Division Three. So, a very tough schedule for your Foxes this season. Yeah. Uh, Luxembourg yes, Casco, yeah, Luxembourg Casco. Uh, Pulled off, I think, what would be characterized as an upset, but uh, very impressive in coming back to beat Catholic Memorial last week, 23-21 uh, on a late field goal, had beat an undefeated Two Rivers team the week before. Obviously, you know, the, the Northeastern Conference and the schedule that Luxembourg-Casco played seemed to have prepared them well for some very good opponents in the postseason. Yeah, it's um, the, the schedule in the, in the conference that we have, it's 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 a great conference. Um Full of competitive teams, and week in and week out, you're going to have a game in which you have to, you have to scheme and you have to uh, really plan for hard, uh, just because the games there's no there's no easy way uh, for us in our conference. And I think it sets you up for uh, for a good playoff run, and Lux has done that, uh, proven week in and week out uh, that they're a good, a solid football team, uh, as evidenced by get, them getting a the state. Does the uh, we, we've seen a great amount of success from the Northeastern over the years? Little Shoot has been in the state championship game. Freedom has been in the state championship game. Um, you know, a, a very good league, a very good D four type league. You guys, of course, competed in Division three this year, at least. But uh, do you see a, a number of different styles in the in the Northeastern, both offensively and defensively, that that you think helps when teams get to the postseason? I think, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, from the Wrightstowns, who, again, ground and pound, uh, to us, who's an air raid attack uh, most of the years, except for this year, a little bit different story. Uh, you do see a variety, uh, and you see some balanced teams like uh, like Lux Casco, who's who not only can run the ball, but they have efficient receivers, uh, great line. And so you do have a wide variety of different um, different schemes, and that's just offense and defensively, too. All right, let's talk about the 35-21 win for Luxembourg Casco over your Fox Valley Lutheran Foxes back in week eight. Um, Max Ronsman had a nice game in that one. Their quarterback, uh, as you said, a dual threat type kid, uh, threw for 74 yards, ran for 142 and two touchdowns. What is it about him in the way that Luxembourg Casco runs their offense that has allowed him to be successful and made it uh, so difficult to uh, to stop them? They are they can be balanced as they want. Uh, again, running the ball, they're, they're super efficient. Uh, Ronsman's a special player. Um, he's our offensive, again, player of the year for a reason. Uh, just his shiftiness, uh, his ability to read a defense. Um, he is he's he's a very very special player in that in that way. Uh, like major key to their success. Line was phenomenal uh, for them as far as their play is concerned, and uh, they just are a tough team all around. Uh, really are. And again, last week they came back to beat. Uh, Catholic Memorial 23 to 21 at Kiwaskam, a last second field goal. Um, when when the playoffs got started, uh, and, and you looked at the brackets, and, and again, you had teams spread from D3 to D5, 
did you feel like you know there was a chance for for a couple of the the northeastern conference teams to make a run to to make a good showing in the postseason you bet there was uh just look at the pairings and then look at the matchups and again having to play against them um and also you know looking at some other teams that we've seen this year uh there's no doubt in my mind uh these two teams finished at the top of our conference uh could make a dent in the in the playoff run and obviously it showed if uh as the Lodi Blue Devils are scouting and preparing for Luxembourg Casco what uh, what are they looking at? What are they going to try to do? Do you think, or or what did you guys try to do to slow down Ronsman to slow down that uh, that multifaceted attack that uh, that Luxembourg Casco can put out there on offense? Uh, Ronsman, everything runs through him, um, so we had to take him out of the equation at least try to do our best attempt um, by keying him and some of the other uh, key players on their team. Um, you know, physicality is another issue there too. Uh, they're a super physical team, offense and defense. Uh, defensively, they get downhill linebackers, uh, fill hard, um, have a great defensive end that that, that covers well. Uh, so there's there's a lot of a lot of, I guess, weapons that they have offensive defensively. Again, uh, if we just try to key their their best players, try to get a scheme that uh, that fit that. Um, but again, you got to give a lot of credit to their athleticism, uh, their tenacity. Um, so that's again, you can pick your poison with them too. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you a question. I, I don't think I asked the other coaches this, um, but since you have two conference opponents that are still going, uh, once you guys are out of the playoffs, do you root for the other teams in your conference or is that too hard to do? Or, or what's, you know, what's the conference camaraderie like as teams are, are as these teams are playing at state? Uh, I have a huge, huge respect for all of our conference teams and the coaches I do believe as well. Uh, going to our conference meeting, it's nothing but just well wishing for all of the guys, all the coaches. Uh, this last, uh, you know, last how many Friday nights, you know, that we've been out, our entire coaching staff, or at least a good majority, we're on our text chain and we have. I had three screens open, uh, watching all of our conference uh, conference teams, and we're texting back and forth and encourage them. Nothing but well wishing for all of them. Uh, I hope they win state, hundred hands down. All right, we'll, we'll see if uh, if Wrightstown and Luxembourg Casco can take home a gold ball this weekend as they are both competing in the state championship games. Luxembourg-Casco in D4. That game is Friday night at 7 p.m. And Wrightstown in D5. That's a 4 o'clock afternoon game on Thursday. Uh, coach uh, Seth Yeager, the head coach at Fox Vale Lutheran, has been our guest. Coach, appreciate you joining us. Hopefully we'll get to see your Foxes uh, at, this, uh, at this point, getting back and representing the Northeastern Conference. Uh, again, thanks for joining us today on the WSN Podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, let's continue to break down the state championship football game set for this weekend at Camp Randall Stadium. Next up on the uh, on the agenda is Division Two, where Wanakee will take on Badger in an undefeated showdown in D two. And joining us to, to chat about these two teams is Semper East head coach Brian Kaminsky, who played and unfortunately lost to both of these teams this year during the course of the season. Coach Kaminsky, appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dig up some old wounds and uh, let's go back to last week, uh, where uh, in the state semifinals, with a trip, uh, with a chance to get back to Madison, uh, came up short, unfortunately, twenty-eight to six to Badger, uh, a game that saw you guys get out to a quick lead, uh, but then Badger take control with their running game, and JP Doyle had a nice game for them. 
Um, what are some things that Badger does? Obviously, that flexible and op, uh, option offense, uh, you know, difficult to prepare for. But but what do they do that that is difficult? You know, what were some things that caused you guys problems in that one? Yeah, man, it was a, a, a great effort by by Lake Geneva Badger and Coach Sensler, and I give them a lot of credit here for last week. But like you said, opening not old wounds <laughs> still had, still haven't been uh, uh, scabbed over yet. But uh, it was a, a great year. But uh, you know, one thing they do do is, is they they did some different things with formations uh, that we hadn't seen on film and, and moved some guys around and did some things. And uh, we got caught one time misaligned, so I give them credit for that. And I think the other thing you got to be prepared for is they'll go for it on fourth down anytime, anywhere. And, and that got us. And, you know, we were able to jump out to a quick lead on, on a good pass by Drew uh, to Cooper White. And then we had them fourth and two and a half, three maybe at their own 32-ish, somewhere in there. And um, they went for it and they got it, you know, and, and they were able to do that. I think they had uh, seven fourth down conversions or six four six out of seven uh, fourth, fourth down conversions against us. And, and that was a big thing in, in, in that game because – they're going to take it down all the way uh, to the last couple seconds of, of the play clock. They want to shorten that game. They want to run the football, and and they're good at that, obviously. I mean, you're, nobody here playing isn't good at what they do, but uh, it's a different offense to prepare for, and, and you got to give them a lot of credit because they're going to they're going to, they're going to, they're going to go for it, and, and, and that's tough to stop. You know, fourth and two with that running offense is tough. You know, a lot of times it seemed all of a sudden they'd be fourth and two and they would convert it by a half yard, and then their quarterback is good enough to spring one. And, uh, you know, he he played exceptionally well on both sides of the ball the other night. As as good as we knew he was offensively, I thought he played extremely tough uh, on defense as well. Well, let's go back to a wound that maybe is scabbed over at this point, and that is a uh, an early season loss to Wanakee in the uh, the Badger large schedule. It was a 31 to nothing defeat back in uh, the first day of September. Uh, Wanakee, obviously a, a powerhouse and, and has been at state many times, whereas Badger's making their first appearance. This year's version of the Warriors, I've I've heard a few people you know, talk about comparing this team to some of the other Wanakee teams of the past. And, and I think it was you even maybe that mentioned that you thought it was right up there with, with any of the ones that they've had before, especially it sounds like on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. It's as good as the defense as, as I've seen in a, in a long time and give those guys a lot of credit. Um, they're, they're well coached and, you know, they, they've, they've done it right. Coach Rice has a tremendous record over there and they're just one of the top programs year in and year out. And uh, I do think this is probably one of their best teams, uh, a well-rounded team uh, that can do it. They can run it. They can throw it on offense, but defense is was as good as we saw this year. And, and, uh, and they didn't give up a big play. Um, they didn't give up many points on the year. I think Akana put up uh, 14, if I'm not mistaken, last week, and that might be the most points that they've been uh, scored upon uh, in a game this whole season, which is unbelievable. But, uh, you know, one thing that Wanakee always does, and if Pat Rice could, could sell me this, I would love it. I just don't know how they don't beat themselves ever, right? Uh, they're going to be well coached. They're going to tackle. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. Um, they're explosive on offense. They fly around on defense, and, and they just don't seem to give up the big play uh, defensively and put you in. And that's what this game is going to come down to, right? When, when they're on defense and Lake Geneva Badgers on offense, it's going to come down to who can win first down. Uh, if they can keep uh, Badger in, in second and eight, second and nine, um, that's good for them. But if they can get to be second and six, second and five, that's right where Lake Geneva feels comfortable. And it's, that's going to be a big show and a, and a, and a, and a big tell of what happens uh, here in the game this week. So much of uh, all football games, but especially at this level, 
you know, come down to matchups, whether it's scheme matchups, personnel matchups, et cetera. Let's, let's talk about when Badger is on offense and Wanakee is on defense. How do you see Wanakee's scheme and personnel matching up with that option flex bone offense that Badger runs? You know, I think they both match up pretty well. I think Lake Geneva's uh, interior linemen are very, very good. Um, that fullback's good, and you got Doyle out there. Uh, I think uh, Wade Bryan, who's a, a very good defensive player, but I think he's really good because he rushes the passers. There's not going to be a lot of opportunities for him to rush uh, the passer here uh, uh, on Friday, but uh, he is. Uh, I, they match up both very well, right? They're both going to be physical football teams, which I love to see. It's going to be old smash mouth days on uh, uh, both sides. Wanakee does not get ran on very, very often and, and very, very with much success and that's Lake Geneva Badgers bread and butter. So it's going to be a smash mouth grind it out deal. And uh, I think they're both going to be up for the challenge and it's going to be a fun game to watch, right? Where uh, Lake Geneva wants to slow it down and, and want to go and want to speed it up and, and steal some possessions. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. When Wanakee is on offense and Badger is on defense. Uh, one of the things that struck me the other night uh, when I was at your game uh, with, with Badger was, um, the the lack of size that they have on defense, but not lack of talent, not lack of toughness, not lack of good football players. But there was uh, a, a number of times where Badger had one guy over 200 pounds out there on defense, uh, weighing, I think, 210 was their heaviest uh, a good amount of the time. Uh, so how would their defense, do you think, match up with Wanakee's offense and what the Warriors tried to do offensively? You know, I think their offense is very similar to us. Um, so it's going to be a great matchup there. Um, they do run a lot of the same stuff uh, that, that we do inside, outside zone, little power here and there, and uh, throw some screens and, and try to throw it deep as well. Like you said, Lake Geneva isn't the biggest team on defense, but boy, do they do it well, right? They they play their scheme well. Uh, they're going to get lined up, and they're going to bring everything they got to you. They're going to bring their linebackers uh, sometimes. I think the key, again, is going to be stop and want to keys run. Uh, once you can make them one-dimensional, now you got a chance a little bit if you can do that, right? I, I think both teams want to run the football first and take advantage of things that are there. Want to going to go ahead and RPO you. Uh, quite a bit and try to get the ball and their skill guys in space with some bubbles and and some arrow routes and, and then take the shots when they're there. Um, they'll also be very good at the screen game, but I think it's a great matchup on, on both sides of the football. You know, they one thing um, Lake Geneva has is they're playing an offense that's pretty similar uh, to us. So I, I think that kind of helps them a little bit where they've just seen that and prepared for it. And and probably gonna, I know they're going to coach us is going to have a few to throw at Wanakee, but uh, they should be a little bit more comfortable. And, and Wanakee getting ready for a, a different offense is, is going to be, it's tough to do in four days. All right. Uh, head coach Brian Kaminsky from Sun Prairie East is, uh, has joined us. Coach, what's your prediction for this game? And that will be the end of the interview. Uh, we won't put you on the hot spot and, and make you uh, make you throw something out there. But we do appreciate you joining us uh, to give some insight on this one. Wanakee and Badger in the Division II State Championship game. That's at 1 o'clock kickoff on Friday. Coach, thanks again for joining us on the WSN podcast. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Always good to talk football with you, Travis. And we appreciate everything you do for high school football. All right, we're continuing our look at the state football championships coming up this week at Camp Randall Stadium. We're going to take a look at a couple of the teams in the smaller school divisions, Darlington and Blackhawk Warren. And to do that, we'll bring in our next guest, Potosi Castle head coach Mark Siegert, whose team played both of these teams. In fact, played Blackhawk Warren twice. Coach, appreciate you joining us for the WSN podcast. 
Hey, no problem. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. All right. Well, let's dig into it and, and let's uh, let's look at the first game that you had played uh, this year uh, between these teams anyways. And that is Darlington back in a crossover game in early September, uh, a game that Darlington won 41 to eight. And as I was looking over that game, one of the things I noticed is uh, Darlington is, of course, well known for generally their power rushing attack. And, you know, that was the the primary driver for their uh, their offense this year. But against you guys, they threw for 239 yards, which was by far the season high. Uh, was that something that you felt like was what you guys were forcing them to do? Or, you know, what was kind of interesting or surprising about the way they threw the ball in that game? Well, I, from you know, that was a week three game, so it feels like forever ago. But I just, uh, I recall it being a game where we knew that they have a very potent offense. Uh, particularly in the run game, and we were going to have to shut that down. So we were going to do anything that we possibly could have to shut it down. So we're going to be stuck in a lot of single coverage, and we knew that going in. Um, we always try to keep safety over top, but um, we, uh, boy, uh, we thought we did a good job of, of shutting down their run game, but they had a passing game that I guess we just weren't quite as prepared for. Um, plus, they have the six foot seven, six foot eight kid that Murray kid is really, really a tough matchup for us, um, and they, they. To the quarterback's credit, he delivered some balls that were just like he had guys covered and they were just dimes. So it was really tough that day. I mean, we felt pretty good about where we were defensively, with the exception, of, you know, giving up obviously 41 points isn't a great deal. But, uh, you know, to give up, I, I, I believe we held them to almost under 100 yards, according to our stats, but they could be a little bit off. But to give up that many yards in the passing game was kind of a surprise, yeah. But they're super athletic, and we have really good athletes too. But they were just a little bit faster than us at times. So, yeah, that game. Looking back, uh, they had just over 100 yards, but they uh, you limited them to 3.1 yards per per carry. You mentioned that that you were really focused on taking away that running game. Uh, talk us through, or, or people that haven't seen Darlington anyway, you know what they do in the run game and, and why generally they have have been so effective. Well, they run, I think it's a flex bone. I mean, everybody has their own version of stuff, but I think that's the flex bone and it's an option attack. So you're going to have to have play assignment football and you're going to have to really, really make sure that the kids are doing their job because if you're not, you're just going to get gashed. And I thought we really, really did a nice job of, of making sure that the kids played to their assignment. And, and as soon as their assignment was shut down, we always preach, just get to football, right? Play football once your assignment's done. Um, but in terms of what, what they do, you know, they, you must stop the dive, obviously. And then they have kids on the perimeter that can really make that, you know, make it for a long day if you don't stop that. So, I mean, they have an awesome attack. And obviously now they have a they have a passing game that they can go with it. And so if they pull that out, um, it's a state game, man, that's going to be a tough matchup for anybody, I believe. And a reminder for everybody out there, that the matchup that Darlington does have is defending state champion Stratford in the Division Six championship game. That's a one o'clock game on Thursday. We're talking with Mark Seeger, the head coach at Potosi Cassville. Uh, at, at some point, Darlington's got to run out of Gables and, and Chris, though, right? I, I think they uh, have four or five of them that they throw at you in that rushing attack uh, as part of a very balanced and, uh, you know, kind of spread the carries out in that running game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just funny when you play these different teams and, and from every town. I mean, we're really no different, you know, with, with live breeds and Unihovens and all these teams that have, you know, they have certain family names that seem to be around forever. But, yeah, they do a great job of spreading the ball around. And they are, you know, those those guys can run. And uh, obviously, if you give them a, 
give them a crack, they're going to they're going to take it to the house. Any of them can. So that's that's a tough task for any high school football team. That's for sure. All right. Well, let's uh, move on and, and take a look at Blackhawk Warren, a team that you played twice this year, and, and I've talked about it a few different times this season. Uh, that you know it, it can be really tough to beat a team twice, especially the better teams and the deeper you get in the playoffs. First time around in the regular season, you guys scored a 41 to 20 win over Blackhawk Warren in the playoffs. It was a different story as uh, Blackhawk Warren shut out uh, your Potosi Cassville Chieftains 36 to nothing. As you look at at those two different games with very different outcomes, do you feel like there was things that Blackhawk did differently between those two games or did they just do it better or were, were you guys, you know, not performing at the same level? Um, you know, what was, what was the big difference between those two matchups? Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the question that I wish I could answer because I spent a lot of time typically after a loss, I don't really, you know, the end of the season losses kind of just like, okay, that, that tape's not coming out for a while. I'm not going to break this down very on the, on the way because it's just, it, it, I just want to wait. But that night I was up a long, long time because I wanted to see what they did differently. And for the life of me, I could not find it. I, uh, you know, they just played Blackhawk Warren football just like they did in week seven. Um, I mean, we, we brought a ton of energy week seven on a Saturday. Granted, it was very, very hot that day. But boy, we were up and we were rolling. We're at 35 to 6, and we felt pretty good about it. They did score some late touchdowns on some long passes to make it, you know, uh, you know, a, a 41 to 20 game. I mean, it's, it's still a three touchdown game. And that, you know, as far as beating teams and beating them twice in the year, I talk to the kids about that. And uh, I tell them, you don't have to beat a team twice in a year. You just have to beat them once that day. So we tried to really hammer that home. Um, and, and tell them that, you know, we're going to see di a different game. I mean, it's just going to be a different game. We're not going to start off where we were last, uh, you know, five weeks ago. But anyway, when we played them, um, I think the biggest defining factor was the energy because uh, I couldn't find anything different in, team, in terms of scheme-wise. Um, just the energy that the teams brought on those different games, um, dates, uh, I think that was the key they, they brought more energy than us, and whether that's and I, you know, I take full responsibility for that because that that is something that the kids need to be prepared for. And obviously, they weren't in that level three game because we didn't bring enough energy. But uh, yeah, they it was it was a shock. <laughs> I've watched that film more than I have um, any end of season loss that I think I can recall. But uh, they're they're an outstanding team. They're outstanding uh, in terms of talent level and coaching and everything that goes with it. So um, they've earned their spot. That's good. And uh, like pretty much all of the, the teams that are playing and especially on Thursday in the smaller school games, uh, Blackhawk is a run first, run second, run third and fourth team. If they, if they had it their way, uh, what do they do? What's, what's, uh, you know, what's their running attack like uh, at Blackhawk Warren this year? It is like Blackhawk Warren football has been for the over probably 15 plus, well, almost 20 years probably since uh, they switched from the wing tee to, you know, split back beer. So you're looking at a split back beer where, uh, you know, that front, that first band through, the first pullback to the ball side is going to be hitting that hole extremely hard. And if uh, you overplay that, you know, you have to play it. But if you overplay it, they're going to hit you with a option attack that's really, really good. So we're talking about option football. 
Um, and they are, you know, they're really, really good at it. They also have the, you know, the, the they have, they have a, a quarterback that's able to run too, which is, which is deadly. And so not only do you have to stop that dive, which gets on top of you really, really fast. I mean, it's as fast as you will ever see at the high school level. So you have to stop that. But then if they pull that and uh, they get out on the perimeter with the quarterback, he's also really good at the, at the midline, at foul. Um, and then also just running option too. So he has a pitch man that he can always go to. Too. So, I mean, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine. We know what they do. They know what we do. Um, there's no big surprises. I mean, Edgar's going <laughs> to, they're going to get a lot of film on them, I'm sure. And they're going to know what to do. Um, but it's, it's a different animal lining up against it. You have to, have to bring a ton of energy. You can't get off the ball high. You have to stay low. And you have to be ready to play a physical football game because that's what you're going to get. And you mentioned that Blackhawk Warren does take on Edgar this week. Uh, certainly interest there as though two, those two teams met in 2018 and 2019 state championship games with Blackhawk getting the win in both of those. Curious, Coach, if you saw those uh, previous matchups with Blackhawk and Edgar in, you know, thoughts on on maybe a third one here. Yeah, that's the thing. I've seen them all. I mean, I've I've been to every state. Uh, I I make the point. I make sure I'm there. Uh, it's kind of my penance for not getting there, whether it's great, terrible weather or nice weather like tomorrow it's going to be. But uh, it's just uh, it's going to be it. It's just going to be a great football game, I think. Uh, and and the thing that you can't replicate about Blackhawk Warren is how fast they get to line scrimmage. And I think that always is a is a shock to people because your your scout team can't do that. I mean, they just can't. I mean, as, as good as the look as you think you're going to get, you just can't replicate that. Um, so they have, you know, teams have to be ready. So I, I expect a really tight game. I know that Edgar's favored and they're really, really good. But again, a Black Dog is Black Orange really good at what they do. And they're going to continue to do what they do. They're not going to try to be somebody that's not. I expect a really, really good game. All right. We're hoping for a good game. Uh, you know, that's that's what we that's what we look for is, is good competitive games. We've seen it the previous two matchups between these two teams, and hopefully we'll get it for a third time. Uh, coach Mark Siegert, the head coach at Potosi Cassville. We appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast to give us some breakdown on these uh, these teams, Darlington and Blackhawk. Uh, so thanks again, coach. Yeah, I appreciate it, Travis. Thank you. All right. Absolutely incredible stuff from all five of our guests this week is uh, is we got some great breakdowns on these teams participating in the state football championships. I can't emphasize enough. Please check out that state tournament FAQ article that will answer many of the questions that you might have about how to watch, how to get to, how to get tickets, how to, where to park, what you can take in, all the good stuff related to the high school football state championships. Be sure to follow on social at Travis WSN, get all the information that you're looking for. and. Uh, let's have a great, great two days at Camp Randall. Supposed to be great weather, so let's let's have a uh, an excellent, phenomenal state championship this season. Before we go, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that'll do it. Uh, last football games for a long time at the high school level. Should be good ones. We're excited for it. 
new television network, good stories, uh, good weather. Let's hope it all adds up to an outstanding high school football championships. But that will do it for today for the WSN Podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.